welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. And today it's very special to me, a very, very good friend of mine. He's been on the program several times. We do a podcast together. He is the managing partner or one of the managing partners at Brandivate, Bill Petrie. Thanks, buddy, for joining me. Kirby, thanks for having me. I don't know what number this is for Delivering Marketing Joy, but always a pleasure to uh, be a guest on your show and uh, I guess get in the firing line. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I wanted to uh, kind of talk to you, you know, like, like many people during this time, I mean, you made changes during the pandemic. And, um, you know, I wanted to kind of chat with you about that. What you, you started a business. So what lessons have you learned from starting a business during a pandemic? Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Actually starting the business with, with my business partner, Kelsey Cunningham, who's the other managing partner at Brand of Eight, doing it in the pandemic actually made the most amount of sense. It, it was time. Uh, it was, it was, it, it, we, we saw a gap in, in the industry in terms of marketing and branding and where our particular expertise lies fit right into that. Yeah. Um, and so the pandemic, it, it probably accelerated that a little bit, but it was something we were excited about doing. And so what did we learn during it? That's a tough question. Um, so many lessons. I think the first one was don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, That's good. Asking for help. So many people look at asking for help as a sign of weakness or, or something along those lines. And, and I just don't. Mm-hmm. Asking for help is really a sign of strength. There are things I am good at. <laughs> I am not scared to ask you for help. I'm not scared to ask my business partner for help because you have strengths I, have, I don't have and she has strengths I don't have vice versa. So I think asking for help. I think uh, the second thing learned is really study the market, but follow your gut. Um, There's never a right time to launch a business. There is never a perfect time to do those things. And so at some point you just have to say, I got, I've, I've studied the market. I understand what the market needs. I believe we fill the needs. I feel we have an audience that's willing to pay for us to fill uh, those needs and solve those problems but it's time and you have to follow your gut. And I think the last one is really kind of ties into that second one a little bit is be bold and be fearless. It takes, you know, look, I'm talking to somebody who's a serial entrepreneur. So you understand what it takes to start a business. It takes, it takes some, uh, some pretty big onions to start a business <laughs> and takes some pretty big onions to do that in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. Um, so that's why, you know, when I, I always give Kelsey a lot of credit um, for taking this leap with me because it took a lot of uh, fearless actions on her part and her family's part, her husband to, yeah. you know, for, for us to do what we're doing, we had to have that backup, Sandy in my case, Aaron in her case, um, to be fearless and bold. It helps to have that support behind you. And so, um, and I'd say the last one is, I said that was last one. I have one more. <laughs> cool. Don't do it alone. Um, having someone to do this with um, makes all the difference in the world because, you know, Sandy, for example, understands a lot of what I'm going through as an entrepreneur. Aaron, who's Kelsey's husband, understands a lot of what she's going through as an entrepreneur, but they don't live it every day. They don't look at the books every day. They don't worry about a a client who may not be paying every day. There's those little things that when you have someone to go through that with, it makes it so much easier uh, to go through. And, and, and it's definitely a case of where two heads are better than one. That's a great point. And I think sometimes that, um, you know, 
as an entrepreneur, you can get, you lose the forest for the trees and uh, having somebody to go, look, I just need somebody who doesn't have my bias to, yeah. to answer this question. Good idea, bad idea, shit, you know, whatever. I, I agree with right. you. I think having that partner. Well, good. to have someone who's willing to say you're wrong. Yeah. I love you to death, but you're wrong in this. Mm -hmm. And I always joke, you know, Kelsey's very quick to say you're, you're an idiot. And it's kind of a <laughs> joke we have, but you know, she's very good at saying, Hey, you're not looking at this maybe the way other people are. And I know I provide that for her as well. So having that type of a partner, um, I think makes the whole entity a lot stronger. That's cool. Cool. So I want to go back to your launch. Uh, you know, I was blessed enough to, you know, sort of be a brand advocate. Um, but you had a launch and a launch using branded merchandise. I mean, like it's crazy, uh, a, a launch in the branded merchandise world using it. But what are some of the lessons you learned from that? And, and, and I guess the, the question I always am curious about is what would you do differently? Yeah, I, it's a tough question because I think accidentally, I mean, we did things intentionally, but it went better than either of us ever really expected. I mean, that's, that's awesome. the truth. It, it, so a lot of serendipity, a lot of fortunate um, uh, actions on our part to pick people like you who participated in the launch. So a lot of things just happened organically that you can't plan for. Right. So I'd say, you know, the one overriding lesson is it amazed both of us. And I, and I think I can't speak for Kelsey here um, that using promo to, launch our business in the promo world seemed almost silly because we're a jaded industry. We've seen this a million times. What can you, you know, how can you excite someone with the products we see every day? And yet we were able to do that with some very, uh, I won't say common, that's not the, the right, right word, but really frequent products people use all the time, like t-shirts and coasters and things like that. And you've got your brand Vicate card right there. I see. Yeah. So um, I think I think we shy away from it as an industry too much, and we think, oh, everybody's jaded. They won't like free stuff. They won't. They'll they'll think it's cheap or whatever. Absolutely not. So I would think the biggest lessons we learned was leverage merchandise to promote your business regardless of industry. Um, yeah. Stick to your budget. Um, that was one <laughs> of the hard things. It cut both ways. We had a budget. We were a startup, yeah. and so we identified. I think I ended up being. I think twenty eight was the actual number. Maybe it was thirty one. Right around there of brand vacates. Um, so we, we, we learned that we had to stick to that budget and, yeah. and I'll talk about that. The, the bad side of that in a second, but the <laughs> last lesson we learned was we gave people guidance in yeah. terms of please use this product on this day, but we didn't dictate. We wanted people to have that freedom to do whatever they wanted and create. And so because of that, you had people like Brett Schaefer who did uh, you know, a, a, a frame for frame shot of Phoebe Cates getting out of the pool, fast times at Ridgemont High. You That's had <laughs> uh, Dana Geiger having her daughter teach her how to use TikTok to do some promotions for yeah. it. You had Stephen McFadden, Meg Erber, and Charity Gibson do this three state pour of a drink on Friday. You had David Schultz write an original song yeah. for the, uh, the week. And, and I'm scratching the surface yeah. here. Yeah. But by not dictating, we allowed people's creativity to flow. And that's where that organic magic just absolutely happened. And it was amazing. We were blown away by it. The one thing we do differently, man, we did not realize we were going to create so much FOMO uh, in the industry. 
And to a point where, you know, I think people feelings were hurt and, and that's not our intention, but as of course. <laughs> we're a startup. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we, we pivoted pretty quickly. I use that word. I hate it, but we pivoted pretty quickly and put up a micro site for, Hey, look, if you want to get in on this, you're not gonna be able to do it this week, but give us your shirt size, your address. And we'll send out what we had. And we, we did do that. Um, but I think if we did, we, if we do it again, which I believe we're, we're, planning on doing this uh, this summer to celebrate our one year anniversary is we have 10 to 20 additional kits ready to go. Yeah. So if people feel left out, if we, you know, we can't think of everybody. So if we so, forgot somebody, we have something ready to go and get out to them. Um, but again, we're a startup on a budget. Please be patient and understand that we are not loaded with cash. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, you know, again, we've talked about this before. Um, it was really well done and it was super fun to be a part of. So kudos. Um, so final question for you, sure. One of the, you and I've talked about this separately. Um, but over the past year, many, many new people dipped their toe in the content game. They, you know, people had more time and they were trying to be productive and I kudos, yeah. like, I think that was great. So some of the, that content has been amazing. Some of it's been less so, and mm -hmm. that's, that's natural too. Yeah. Um, so as if you were to give some advice, because you are certainly a prolific content creator, um, what advice would you give someone if they were starting content, whatever content it is today? Well, I'm not as prolific as you. That's for, for darn sure. And we're going to get to that. Trust me. Um, do something different, man. Do something different. See a lot of carbon copies of content out there um, and very poor ones at that. So I do do something different. Ask yourself why you're creating the content to begin with. Mm, right. I mean, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you need to be doing it. Right. Maybe it does, but ask why you want to create the content. If it's to promote yourself or if it's because you're bored or it's because <laughs> you want to promote your business and you want, or you have a, some sort of selfish goal of, you know, wanting to be well-known in the industry, don't bother. It's is tacky and it shows just like a used car salesman. Right. But if you're doing it to give back to, um, if you're doing it for the right reasons, like giving back, sharing knowledge, establishing your expertise, which absolutely content marketing does. Yeah. If you do it well and you do it consistently, people will take notice and those rewards will come. So to me, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. It's, it's, you know, you've said it yourself. I don't know how many times I can't count that high. I went to Texas A&M. <laughs> But you say it all the time is we live in a give first economy. Right. And if you look at content more as a seeking to give information, maybe it's to entertain, maybe it's to educate, yeah. maybe it's some sort of amalgamation of the two. Maybe it's to whatever it is. If you seek to give first, what, what you, the benefits that come back to you will be very beneficial. But if you seek just to take, yeah. if you're asking for sale all the time, if you're just bored and you want to do it and make a mockery of other people doing content, which I've seen too, and I know you have, don't do that. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. it's very poor form. Yeah. No, that's great advice. That's great advice. So cool, man. Well, you have answered my three questions and you've done it for the umpteenth time. So I appreciate that. And uh, I give everybody a chance to ask me a question. Do you have one for me? I do. So you mentioned that I'm a prolific creator of content. I don't hold a candle to one Kashakton Kirby. <laughs> so you consistently create the most content in the industry. You have a daily blog, which you're now writing every day, including weekends. Okay. Most Seven days time, a yeah. week mm -hmm. for those of you scoring at home. <laughs> you do this, this, uh, video and podcast, Delivery Marketing Joy. We do a promo up front podcast together. You do the Monday Minute. So I have a two-pronged question here, Kirby. Number one, 
what's the end game of all this? I mean, so when is enough enough for you in terms of creating content? That's number yeah. one. And number two, you want to wait till number two or you want to answer? No, no give, give them both to me. Number two is what drives this restless need to create content that I see? Yeah. Okay. So uh, start with the restless need. I, you know, I think that a couple things. Number one, I I started this, I think, for hopefully the right reason. I mean, when I started delivering Marketing Joy is the per- first piece of content I started to do consistently. Um, and, you know, certainly I wanted to raise my uh, profile and provide good content, but I want very purposefully, you'll notice we never sell on here, right? Like it is... Right. Um, and then a streak started, and and I don't want to break it <laughs> uh, now. Uh, and it's become a um, it's become a an education, a weekly education course for me. Um, I, like I think I started it to uh, create a brand, and now I really enjoy these conversations. Those are my favorite uh, part of this. I really do feel like I learn from folks each week. Um, so there's that. The blogging is the thing I'm I, I'm really enjoying right now, um, and I think that that goes like this, like some, but it's almost become cathartic to me. It's become like almost like a journal, right? Yeah. Like, and, um, and so what's the incessant need? I really enjoy doing it. Um, and I like the fact that I do it in different platforms um, that keeps it fresh for me. Um, and then the first question was, when is enough enough, right? Is yeah. that the, the question? When is enough enough? When is it too much? How do you know when enough is enough? Yeah, I, I think that's something I still struggle with um, if I'm being candid. Um, I think what I've started to back off is the blogging a little bit because I've found myself posting multiple pieces of content and they're competing with themselves a little bit. Um, But I don't worry as much. I think one of the things that we worry about a lot in content, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, but this is something I think we overstate the idea that I'm out there too much. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, and I think that is our insecurity speaking. If, if there's too much of Bill Petrie out there, I just won't watch that video. I won't, you know, like, and, and let's use Gary Vaynerchuk as an example, who's something, somebody who's prolific as heck about creating content. I don't watch all of his content and I don't think he takes that personally. I don't reach Seth Godin's blog every day, most days, but you know, it isn't like he's putting it out there too much. He's there when I need him. And that's sort of the way I kind of look at it is I'm putting out there and there are going to be days where it's, it's speaks right to you. And there's going to be days that you don't have time to, to mess with that. And I think both are okay. Um, I think we overstate the idea that I'm too much out there. The example I think I've used with you is like, you know, talk show hosts, right? Um, so I'll give you two. So Fox Sports, I, I watched them. So Colin Cowherd is on at noon. Uh, Nick Wright is on first things first in the morning. Bear with me on this. This will make sense. Um, the other day, Colin Cowherd was out um, on vacation or whatever, and Nick was sitting in for him. So Nick was not on first things first, and he was on um, Colin Cowherd's show. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed both times. I went to first things first to listen to Nick Wright, and I went to Colin Cowherd's show to listen to Colin Cowherd. When they're not there, that's what I went there for. And they're there every day. It's not like I ever turn on the TV. And I'm like, oh my God, Colin Cowherd's everywhere. I, I've, I've gone, he has shown up consistently and provided me value. So I look for it. And so that's sort of how I, I view that, if that makes no, sense. No, I think that's great. That's a great answer. I mean, I, I, I told you I wanted to ask questions. I thought people might be afraid to ask you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's great, great stuff. So awesome. Thank you. Thanks, thanks buddy. All right. Well, hey, dude, thanks for being the repeat guests as always. And again, it's been a while since we've done this. Um, so thanks, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you 
next time. Mm-hmm.